This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I had really bad, I had really bad anxiety with my first one. I think I would tell her specifically release some of the control. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Today, I am sitting with labor and delivery nurse, Liesl Teen. She is also the founder of Mummy Labor Nurse, which equips pregnant women with the tools, knowledge, and confidence they need to erase the unknown, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how they deliver. With eight years and counting as a bedside labor and delivery nurse, Liesl knows that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. To date, this is amazing, over 40,000 women have completed a mommy labor nurse birth class, eliminated fear, (laughs) and has been empowered by Liesl's comprehensive childbirth education. It's so cool to sit across from you right now and like just see you beaming and like, look at the things you have done. Let me just finish this. You have been featured on ABC 11, Forbes, Healthline, Pure Wow, Motherly, Romper, and Scary Mommy. And you regularly share pregnancy, birth, and postpartum related content on Instagram to a beautiful community of over 570,000 people and the mummy labor nurse podcast, which you receive over a hundred thousand monthly downloads. Liesl, thank you so much for giving me your time today. As my voice starts to go out as we're starting, Um, you are doing such amazing work in terms of helping mothers for pregnancy and childbirth. Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, it's always cool when I hear people read the intro too, because my, um, my, well, she's not, gosh, she's not my assistant, (laughs) my partner who, um, like deals with the podcast stuff. She sends that, you know, bio and links and stuff over to people. So I don't see that part. Um, and I know my accomplishments, but like sometimes it's just, yeah, it's like just cool to hear the intro read, you know, right before you start talking about it. So yeah, I'm very proud of what I've what, you know, what we've done here at Mommy Labor Nurse. Um, but yeah, you, I'm, you know, Liesl, I live in North Carolina. I'm a bedside labor and delivery nurse, just worked at the hospital yesterday. And also the founder of this cool thing that I created called Mommy Labor Nurse. This cool thing, which is just making what you do. And I think you and I both share this experience of making what we do on the person to person contact and then making yeah. it Make, taking our knowledge and our expertise and making it accessible to everybody at home. And I think that leads me into your why. Why Why did you believe that this education had to go out there? Why was it so important for you to do this? Yeah, so back when I didn't even really have the idea yet, I was a first-time mom, just had my first son, and I went back to work. I had been a labor and delivery nurse for about two and a half, three years. Yeah, but two and a half years. And I went back to work. I worked a shift, um, you know, full time, three, 12 hour shifts a week. And 
I love my job at the bedside, but I just struggled in the in the morning to, you know, get up and pump and then leave and come back when it was dark out and my baby was asleep. So I was like, oh, I just, I wish I could, you know, still do this, but is there some way I can do this at home and spend more time with my, with my baby? Um, so I kind of got this idea that I was going to start a blog and I've always been really, really uh, into educating at the bedside and teaching. I love having students with me because I just, I love to see that light bulb go on. So I think that's why I gravitated toward um, teaching and, and, you know, just childbirth education in general. And I really saw at the bedside, literally at the bedside, people come in and it's on your little questionnaire of like, did you take a birth course? Have you done any childbirth education? And the moms who would come in and say, yeah, I took, you know, this, that, and the other, it was very apparent that they would have more positive outcomes. They just, they would communicate better. Um, you know, maybe there would be still be things that would be, that would, that would happen that, you know, wasn't on their birth plan or, you know, was kind of unexpected, but they would just deal with them a little bit better. So I mm. saw the positive effects that birth education have had. And at that point, you know, this was way before COVID or anything. So really online birth education was not something that was like really out there too much at all. Uh, so I kind of started my, my blog and it turned into a little Instagram page. And then yeah, I I just kind of said, hey, like let me let me put out a birth course. I had just had my son had just turned a year old at this point, and I had a really empower, empowering birth with him. I went um, without an epidural, and I just you know felt just that overwhelming love and support from my labor and delivery nurses. And I just kind of wanted everybody to feel that. Mm. So I just kind of took as much as I could in my labor delivery nurse brain and my mom brain and put out my first course. And then, you know, that was literally on my, my iPhone in my bedroom <laughs> and I put it out. And then a few months later, I put out a second one, um, called birth it up the epidural series. And now mm -hmm. they've been through a couple updates and they look a lot different, but it's still kind of the same course, just yeah. better video <laughs> quality. <laughs> I, I remember finding your courses and this was after both of both of mine, I think at that time. Yeah. Um, and I know you have a cesarean course and I thought, yeah. gosh, I just wish that this was something that was covered more. It was more yeah. available. Um, my, my first birth had a, an unexpected twist with a surprise Frank breach baby when my water oh. broke at nine centimeters. So oh my gosh, we changed directions. Wait, we need to talk <laughs> about this. I didn't know that. I wasn't on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. So this, this is a, I, I was with a midwife and I, I had thought my little guy had turned and we're not sure at what point. Yeah. And then around 35 weeks, we were like, yeah, I was checked um, by several people. And they're like, yeah, we think he's head down. Yeah. And yeah, he wasn't. And so I labored according to my birth plan, non-medicated. That was my wish, you know, practicing yeah. all of my mindfulness tools yeah. and riding waves of pain. It's very empowering. Right. It is. Um, and then when my water broke, we discovered a bomb. And I remember because here in Ontario, midwifery care is then transferred to obstetrics at that point. They don't mm -hmm. deliver uh, breech babies. Mm -hmm. And the OB had said, you know, if we knew how big your baby would be, I could have a better, higher rate of ensuring safety. And mm -hmm. Greg tells me this story after, and it's pretty powerful. He's like, you know, this was like your first brave decision as a mother. 
when you no. decided yeah. to forego your birth plan and have a cesarean. And yeah. the reason why I, I often share this too is because I, when I sit with you, Liesl, I think that you are empowering women to know this stuff. And I yeah. felt disempowered in that moment, right? I had to completely yeah. change course. I had a fantastic team. Um, the anesthesiologist was so supportive throughout the cesarean section. It was fantastic. Yeah. But the aftercare for myself and not knowing how to have these conversations was that I felt like my body had failed me. I felt like yeah. I failed in my first task as a mother. I felt duped. How could I not know that my son was upside down, right? Like or in the wrong yeah. in the wrong position. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. Picture this. You're planning your summer getaway, what to eat, where to visit, what to do, and where to sleep. But what about the comfort of home while you're away? This is something I'm constantly considering because if I'm uncomfortable in my clothing, then I'm more irritated and then things overall just don't feel great. And this is where Cozy Earth comes in. Right now, you can get 35% off with code SHRINK at checkout. Cozy Earth isn't just about creating luxurious bedding and loungewear. It's about elevating and transforming your entire travel experience. Their bedding is so soft and buttery smooth, it beats any hotel sheets I've ever slept in. And Cozy Earth's bedding comes in these adorable totes, making it travel-friendly and hassle-free. These have been my go-to sheets for well over a year now, and they are a must no matter where you go. Plus, their loungewear is perfect for those long flights or car rides. Their temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew ensures that you stay cool and comfy on those long flights. I know not everybody is hitting the road or the skies this summer, and that's totally okay. You can also create your own sanctuary at home, and Cozy Earth has everything you need to make every moment feel more blissful. Trust me, once you experience the comfort and quality of Cozy Earth, you'll never want to go back. My pajamas, the kids keep asking why I'm still wearing them. Visit CozyEarth.com, use my code SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, at checkout to get 35% off. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code Loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. 
So yeah. I think that leads me to my next question, which is what, what are the fears that women often show up with, like that you see in your patients when it comes to labor and delivery? That a lot of the time that they're going to have, an, you know, an emergency C-section. A lot of times we have moms, not when they come into the hospital, but they're afraid that uh, they, you know, they might have to get induced. They, you know, they don't want to get induced. A lot of moms have I mean, we can, we can get into like some of the, you know, the more not silly, but, um, like a lot of people are really, really afraid of pooping, (laughs) you know? So it's like a lot of the embarrassment ones. Um, I think the biggest, one of the biggest fear is just the unknown and not knowing what it's going to be like though. I, I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's not just when they step, you know, in in the door it's beforehand you're thinking about like oh i'm just so like what is it going to be like i don't even know so that's a definitely a big one is just the fear of unknown and hey guess what can really help with that birth education yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly right and birth education but also child care after too right i, I think yes. of- oh my gosh yes we, we were so yes. lucky to have a lactation consultant come in, but truthfully, I spent so much time thinking about labor and my delivery plan that I was then like, how, how do I now nurse? How do I feed this baby? Right? Like it's, oh yeah. It, and it, it really is this loss of control that shows up for us. I mean, humans love control. We love to be oh, able yeah. to know exactly how things are going, which is exactly what my son was teaching me. I have come mm-hmm. through the tunnel now of grief and process that first birth. And I've been able to say, what was the lesson I was that he was teaching me? And it was to let go of control. Yeah, And it was like every sure. step along the way, right? It, it's this, It's this fear that we just won't know and we can't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't. And we call them birth plans, but they're not really plans. You know, it's mm. more of like a uh, a set, you know, wish list or, or you yeah. know, you can call it, call it whatever you want it. But yeah, you're that's just right. There's really aspects that you really can't control. You know, sometimes babies are just going to do something crazy in there, like flip around at 35 weeks. And that is of no fault to anyone. I I mean, it's just, you know, it's just things that happen. So the more that we can be aware of some of these things, um, the less likely, not that they might happen, but like I said in the beginning, that if they do happen, you're going to come away from it with a better mindset. Mm, With that understanding and and also removing that shame, right? That, you know, something is bad about us or defective when actually you know, like you said, plans are wishes and mm-hmm. we do our best. Yeah. One of the things I talk a lot about in my community, as you know, is around boundaries. Yes. And if you think of the the moms-to-be that you work with, what are the hardest boundaries for women to set in this time? I would say it's tough because I'm, I'm one that struggles with boundaries too. Mm. I'm learning that about mm. myself too. <laughs> yes. Motherhood will teach you all about your boundaries, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it will. Um, I know one big one is I was talking about this on a podcast that I was on last week is a lot of people don't realize that they, um, have choices. So, a lot of moms, I realized that they take a birth course. Like I was telling this story when I first, when I first made my birth course, I sent it to one of my friends who didn't have any kids at all, like on purpose. So, Hey, like think of this as you're taking it, like you don't have any kids, you know? Um, and she said, one of the things that she realized was I like, I didn't realize that you actually have 
a lot of choices here. Like I didn't have to just go with, you know, what the doctor or the midwife or whoever tells me. So I think Mm. that's a big one is just people just don't realize that, hey, it is okay to set boundaries with your with your providers. I mean, I think that's that's something that a lot of people just don't know, like a baseline thing that people just don't know. They don't understand that they they can be able to share what it is that they need and wish. Yeah. Yeah. The word that keeps coming to mind really is this empowered feeling of how can we have that experience? And while we can't control, like I couldn't control the position that my son was in um, or the decisions ne- necessarily after that. I mean, I did have choices in terms of who who was going to be there with me. And um, but it it does come back to this. Can you communicate what you yeah. need and wish? And then so your team can be there with you. Mm-hmm. which can mm-hmm. be so empowerful and uh, em- empowering. Um, I, I think there's this idea that labor and delivery will also just be intuitive. Like people will yeah. just oh, yeah, Yeah. Or pain, you know, you're going to be able to deal with, you know, it, it's, it's natural. Like you're going to be able to deal with pain. It, it, you know, you don't have to really prepare for that or anything. And I mean, motherhood is not, you know, natural and it, it, you know, there's nothing really. I mean, I think some people are realizing that that that's not necessarily true. But yeah, no, you you said it just right. I mean, geez, like, yeah. There's. I wish I could go back and like tell myself when I was a first time. <laughs> like, get what, that out of your you, head. Yeah. What would you tell her? What would you if you went back to the first time, mom? What would you say? Oh my gosh, I would tell her a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like pinpoint one, but. Um, I had really bad, I had really bad anxiety with my first one. I think I would tell her, uh, specifically, uh, like re- release some of the control, mm. I think, because I, I mean, we we're talking about control before I'm way, definitely a control freak. And I struggled with that with my second one, but very much so my first one, I wanted to just be in control of everything. And I think think I really, really struggled with like asking for help. Mm. Uh, and that's still something that I struggle with, but I'm like way more aware of it now, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think I would say, Hey, like, it's okay. You like, it is okay if you are not in control of every single little thing and it is okay to ask for help. And you should ask for help if you even like start to feel overwhelmed. Like I'm starting to get more comfortable with asking for help before I start to feel overwhelmed. (laughs) Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com 
zocdoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoc.com slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. It's really hard for us to talk It's so hard. Right? Why is it so hard? Yes. And just this idea of being able to say like, you know, I'm not fine. I'm struggling. This is so much. And I think the, you know, my little guy, he's going to be eight soon. And just the, the, the discourse has changed. Although I know hearing from the women in my community, they still feel very much alone. Like the feeling of being alone is not changing just because more education and resources are available online. Um, but there, there is this piece of like reaching out to someone and saying, I'm having a hard time or yeah. even being able to have these conversations before having a baby of, you know, what, what is the hard, messy stuff that you've experienced beforehand and how have you gotten through that? It yeah. was almost my wish when I go back is I wish I had maybe probed some of my loved ones more around, yeah. you know, what are you struggling with during this season? What was the hardest part for you in that? Um, because it's not, it's not something that's natural. And I think I went into parenthood and all of that as well with this idea that it will just come. Yeah. And actually it's a lot of work and we can feel yes. aware of what those things are. Right. Uh, with just a little bit of work there. It is. It is. Yeah. No, I, I would tell myself a, a similar thing for sure. <laughs> I would also tell myself to do a lot more bread breastfeeding education too, because that was something, um, we talk about breastfeeding education in our courses and just postpartum stuff in general. Mm -hmm. But I think breastfeeding is one of those ones that very much people think it's just going to come naturally. And like, it can't be that hot, you know, you, okay. Like you, you latch a baby, you know, but there's like so many just, it's a, and it's a big learning curve. So yeah, I, I would definitely say go back and take a breastfeeding course or just, just do a little bit more breastfeeding education, even as a labor and delivery nurse. I mean, I like helped mom, helped moms breastfeed their first, you know, brand new babies. And that's a whole different set of educational skills that I had. (laughs) Um, It didn't help me with, you know, my whole nursing journey. So I would, yeah, very much tell myself like, Hey, um, your, your nurse brain is not going to get you through your whole nursing journey. Like, Hey, let, like, let's, let's read up and ask some people who, you know, have breastfeed before ask about experiences. Mm. What was the, what was the most difficult part, part, like you said, but yeah, I would say specifically breastfeeding in general. I love that you just shared that because I know in my own journey. So as a psychologist and couples therapist, know, knowing all the things to help my new parents in the therapy room. And yet when you're in the thick of it, when yeah. you're in it, it's one thing to know it. It's a completely different thing to be human, to be outside of your window of tolerance, to be triggered and to be yep. angry and to send the angry text to your partner who got to go to work and have their hot coffee. And yep. you know your breasts are hanging out and you're still trying to get baby to nurse and struggling with latch issues, right? Like it's, oh yeah, it, it is such a different thing to know something, but then to experience it yourself. I would agree. I often say that to my clients as well. When I share kind of a personal wisdom. I'll share, you know, to help you prepare, have you considered reaching out to a lactation consultant or taking a course so that you have that information already, um, which I think can be so important. What do you see happening between partners? What are some of the common things that show up? Yeah. So partners definitely 
aren't as aware that they need to do education as well. But I think when they do, they feel like they now have a job. Um, I see partners who are more educated really help advocate for moms in in the birth room, you know, in the birth space. They, um, I think a lot of times when they don't know what to do, they don't know what to do and they just kind of stand in the corner. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, not thought about as much. And, you know, that's sad. I don't want to, I don't want, like, this is also your experience too. And you should be educated Mm -hmm. about what to expect and, and, and everything. And it doesn't, you know, it's not just about afterwards. Like there's so much, so many things that you can do to support mom while she's in labor and not just afterwards and changing diapers and, you know, all the things like dressing and all, all the things. Um, there's so many things that, that you can do. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say feeling left out is, is a big thing yeah. that partners struggle with. Yeah. I can imagine that feeling left out or even the other person, maybe not feeling supported or connected yeah. or oh, yeah. feeling even insecure with what their body has just gone through. Right. That yeah, that that definitely happens. I would say the feeling supported, I mean, I would say, yeah, we definitely have people who I would say feel like their partner is not as supportive during labor. But I would say, yeah, people definitely struggle with that afterwards, mm. <laughs> for sure. Like feeling like you're, you know, you're alone yes. and your partner doesn't understand. Right. Right. And, and it's tough, right? They, let's think of some examples because I'm, I'm thinking of the mental load, right? The mental yeah. load oh, yeah. starts even before you get pregnant, right? Yeah. That yeah. you're thinking about when is my window of conception? Yep. What am I going, what am I putting in my body to look to give myself the best nutrients, right? There's so much around the mental load that starts early on. And yep. then when it comes to labor and delivery, it's the same thing. And our, we want our partners to be on board and we can also onboard them with us, like help them learn up with us. And yeah. I think for many of us, what that needs to look like is being really clear on what we want our partners to do. Yeah. Because I think as you're saying, you know, sometimes partners can end up standing in the corner, unsure of what to do yeah. versus if you and your partner plan beforehand, mm-hmm. to talk about what role I need you to play, then yeah. you can say you know, in the moment, hey, can you come and do this, right? Or no, not like that. Try it this way. And and to get yeah. really vocal, which I know is hard for many women in that, it is. that time period. Yeah, it is. I love to give this, um, I guess, analogy, uh, but I've done posts on this before. I like to equate um, the five love languages to supporting people Ooh, during labor. Yeah. A lot of people are familiar with that book, but if you're not, you know, you it's, you have, there's five love languages and everybody has a, has a, you know, might have a different one. And it's tough when you have, when you have one and your partner might have a different one. So I always tell people like, think about your love language and how do you, how do you like best receive or, or give love? Like, are you a words of affirmation person? Then you, you probably will be, uh, really receptive to your partner, like telling your, telling you you're doing such a great job, like you're such a warrior, you know, this, that, and the other. Are you more of like a, you know, a touch person? You need more the, like the touchy feely, like um, your partner is massaging you or doing the counter pressure. Um, Think about your love language and, and also know (laughs) that it, it might, completely changed during labor. You might be a touch, you, it might be touch, but you might be like a don't touch me at all during labor. So think about your love language and then try and think like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I, 
I actually am not a words of affirmation person at all. And like, don't be my, don't be my cheerleader. I just need you to be more of a, um, what's the, not gifts. Now I need to name them. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Uh, quality uh, time. Quality time. What's the last one? The, the uh, tasks. What's the, what's that one? Oh, acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. Are you an acts of service person? Mm. Do you need, do you need dad or partner like calling the people or like uh, making sure yeah. last minute things are done or like, Hey, I'm going to make sure your last minute hospital bag things are, are packed, you know, stuff like that. So I, I love that. Um, and people really like that too. Cause they're like, mm. Oh, you're right. Like I will really, really like that during labor, but also know, you know, it might, it might change. It, it might change. And, and that, <laughs> yeah. that is the key piece around love languages, right? Is that during different seasons in our life, for example, postpartum feeling touched out, your physical yeah. touch love language might be on the bottom of the list. Oh uh, yeah. Just due to the circumstance and season that you're in. I, yeah. I'm laughing of, you know, if gifts is your love language, you know, between contractions, <laughs> please put out a gift for me in between contractions. I know. I'd, like, I'd like a package of jujubes each time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, in my in my post that I did, I had because I was you know like giving examples of them all, and the gifts was like an ice chip. Like here you go, here's an ice chip. Yeah, <laughs> totally. you get an ice chip. <laughs> but yeah, gifts is a little bit harder during labor, at least. <laughs> I I remember maybe in the first first my first birth, feeling that sense of like being able to communicate. But I, I often say. Um, the, my second child, uh, or my first gives me the gift of knowledge. My second child gives me the gift of being able to do what feels better. And yeah. with her, I felt much more vocal with my husband mm-hmm. than of saying specifically, I need this. I don't need that. Don't do that. And so I, I always like yeah. to say to women, like, Same. you know, I know it's hard for you to step out, to step out of kind of this, like wanting to care for your partner, but this is a time where it's all for you. Oh yeah. You are, you and baby are a team through this time and that it's about you and supporting you with whatever you need. And so putting that out there to whoever is going to be there on your team listening so that you get what it is that you need, right? Whether it's during delivery, whether it's immediately after, just really being solid and clear on that. I think that's so yeah. important. And that's not selfish. That is not selfish no, no. at all. Some people I think, you know, think that it's, it, it feels selfish and that's sad and it's not selfish at all. Just to wrap up, what would be yeah. your five pieces of advice for women who are pregnant? Oh gosh. Okay. Take a birth course. Okay. it's mm-hmm. my, you know, my given. Yes. Take a breastfeeding course, do breastfeeding education. Um, if you take a birth course and they don't talk about like any postpartum stuff, make sure you read up and, and know, um, what to expect during postpartum, what your bleeding looks like, what's normal, what's not normal. Um, cause your birth is for some people, it lasts a lot longer than, you know, 12 hours, but it's a day, you know, two, three days and people prep for this moment so much, but postpartum is this weeks, you know, months journey. So mm-hmm. postpartum education and just like what to expect there, do some education around that. Cause that is so, so, so critical. And that's why we have such a big section in, in our birth courses, because it's so, so important. Um, it's okay to reach out for help, you know, regardless of if that is during your pregnancy, during labor, if you are, you know, if your pain isn't controlled or something like speak up about it, it's, you know, that goes back to advocacy. Like it's okay to ask for help or, or to say, Hey, like this doesn't feel right. Mm. Uh, 
And then let's see, what is my, what is my last one? I'm trying to think of like a funny one, but <laughs> something like you should pack in your, in your hospital bag. The thing that's coming to me is like <laughs> my, my favorite newborn tip, like to something to pack in your hospital bag for newborns is they get this and you know, cause you've had two babies, they get this really, really, uh, yucky, sticky meconium poop, their first poop. And it like <laughs> sticks to their bottom really, really bad. So I just tell moms bring some uh, aquaphor or Vaseline or something and just like put that on their butt before they even poop. And that's mm. going to make it so much easier to clean up. So I know that's kind of a silly fifth one, but that's my fifth one. I, 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 I like the silly fifth <laughs> one. I feel like this would have saved a lot of time on our part, <laughs> a lot of time and effort. Um, yeah. My hospital bag, I wish I had a longer phone charger yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We can talk about that. <laughs> I just did a post about that the other day. Longer, longer phone charger is something that people should, uh, should definitely pack because the, the outlets, sometimes they're right behind the bed, but a mm -hmm. lot of times they are all the way across the room <laughs> and you need that, you need that extra long one. Yes. Uh, a fan is a good one to bring like Ooh, a little, crazy. yeah, a little stroller fan. So a lot of moms will register for those, you know, that you just yeah. put on your car seat or your stroller or something, bring that, that thing. Bring that thing. Hopefully yeah. somebody got it for you, you know, while, while you're still pregnant. And it can just kind of clip to your bed if you need it while you're pushing or you're in labor. A lot of times you just get really hot and there's not uh, easy access. Like sometimes you can order fans and they'll yeah. bring them up to you, but it's just, you know, there's have not it really. Oh, it's so nice to have it yourself. So a fan. And then um, why am I? not thinking of this word, the, a sound machine, a sound, a sound machine, machine, a little portable sound machine, because mm -hmm. it can be really, really loud, like doors opening and wow. closing sound machine. If you can sleep with an eye, um, an eye mask, mm. like anything to really like dull, like headphones, dull your senses. You obviously want to be able to hear your baby cry, but like with headphones and with your eye mask, yes. like you're going to still be able to hear your baby cry right next yeah. to you, but you might not hear all those doors opening and closing or like dinging and stuff that's going on in the hallway. So bring that. And then my last one is your pillow, your own pillow, mm. bring your own pillow. You can always wash the pillowcase when you get home, yeah. but you want to be as comfortable as possible because those hospital beds sometimes just aren't very comfortable. And pillows are so unique to the person, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell people where they can find you, Liesl. Yeah. So I am most active on my Instagram page at mommy.labornurse on there. And I'm in my story pretty much every single day. I do Q and A's on Sundays. And mm -hmm. then I'm also um, in the podcast world. It's just the mommy labor nurse podcast on, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. I have a, my blog is mommylabornurse.com and that's where we have our online birth classes. And then I'm also kind of getting into TikTok. So I'm at mommy.labornurse on TikTok as well. I'll go find you over on TikTok. Thank you yeah. so much, Liesl, for joining me here. And thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. One of our core basic needs is around power and control. And I know that the children experts, the parenting experts, talk about how being able to get ahead of our children's tantrums is around looking at their sense of freedom, their sense of power, and how they can get that throughout the day. And I often think about what that means to bring that into who we are as adults. And as adults, we also need to feel this sense that we have control in some way. 
And Lisa and I really talked about what it means to let go of that control. But I think what's important in this is you still finding a way to have power throughout this process, throughout pregnancy, throughout postpartum, throughout delivering. And one thing that I want to echo and repeat what she said was, it is okay to reach out for help. And I know this is almost like the pinpoint of one of our struggles, particularly for women, is that it's really hard for us to be vocal about our needs. We are taught early on to sit quietly, to not vocalize what we want and need, and good girls have smiles on their faces and are not sad or angry. And so I think it's really important that being able to say, I need this, I don't need that, I want that, I would like that, is really important for us to practice. And so if you are thinking about having a child, if you are pregnant right now, start practicing sharing those needs right now with someone who feels safe in your life. It might be something small, like, can you deliver me a meal? Can you grab me a smoothie or a coffee? I want to emphasize that being able to share our needs is a skill, and it's one that many of us are not taught how to do. So do find those small, frequent moments where you can talk about your needs with people who are responsive to you in your life. And just really to sink into what Lisa was saying, it is okay to reach out for help. If you are pregnant, do check out Liesl's courses. They are incredibly resourceful. And if you know someone who is pregnant, I would love if you could share this episode with them so they could also feel empowered. All right, as we wrap up today, I want to remind you that I love hearing from you. Your shares, your comments, your DMs, your reviews are all seen on my end. And it's also what makes, what helps rather other people find the podcast. So if you haven't yet, I would love to hear from you. Click the stars here on iTunes. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Leave me a few lines so I can read them. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. And I will see you next week. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.